Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We have a choose your own adventure episode for all of you today. Um, it's documentary week, kind of like Shark Week, but it's documentary week. And <laughs> we decided that. That's not like a known thing. <laughs> Welcome to the first and annual <laughs> <laughs> that we do whenever there isn't a show that we know to talk about. Um, so yeah, this week, Jordan and I both watched two documentaries, one of which was the college admission scandal, uh, Varsity Blues on Netflix. I think that's the full title. Um, it's, yeah, it's a mouthful for sure. But you, everyone knows what it is. <laughs> exactly. You've all been fed it on your Netflix homepage, I'm sure. Um, and then we did, we each watched our own personal choice of documentary. I watched Time on Amazon Prime. What did you watch, Jordan? I watched Hysterical on Hulu. Perfect. So can't wait to discuss those three documentaries. But first, TV news, and both of us have some exciting news to share that's very personal to us and our one true loves. Yes. So I'll let Jordan share her one true love. <laughs> it, that um, is so news. fun how that worked out. I know. Wow. I was like, wow, who's going to get to share the exciting John Mayer news? But then... When the Taiga news dropped, I was like, oh, perfect. We're even. <laughs> it really is so perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. They announced this week that um, Taika Waititi, if you're not on first name basis with him like we are. <laughs> As if um, Taika is a really abstract <laughs> name that no one knows. Yeah, not But if you say Waititi, they're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Taika. Right, right, right. Um <laughs> So he is going to play Blackbeard the pirate in the upcoming quote-unquote pirate comedy series on HBO Max uh, called Our Flag Means Death. And um, it's going to be just really funny, we already know, because he also is like um, executive producing it and also like directing the pilot. Um, that's kind of all that I know about it. Um, but it's also fun because he'll be reuniting with, um, Reese Darby, who's on Flight of the Concords and, uh, What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People as well. So, like, they're besties and really, really funny. And HBO Max just giving us what we want. Especially... Just a million wins and no cons. Seriously. So, yeah. Just... Just overjoyed. Also, he's really just his content lately has been great in general online with like his daughters on set of Thor with him. It's hilarious so cute. and cute. So just great uh news to start off the episode. And also the great news continues with Taylor's number one item as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. John Mayer apparently is uh close to uh, finishing up a deal with Paramount Plus and CBS to have a late night talk show called Later with John Mayer. 
And wow, wow, wow. This news is the best news I think that I've been able to report on all year long. (laughs) Because for those of you who know me, I'm a diehard current mood fan. I've seen almost every episode. I would turn it on even while I was driving in my car on Sunday <laughs> evenings. And um, yeah, he had he's mentioned in those before that he would love a talk show. And so it was kind of like him creating his own talk show on his Instagram. And he would like so now that someone else sees that and has given him this opportunity, I'm just so excited. Um, I'm a little hesitant on the access, so it's not as, like, easy-peasy news like Jordan got to report on for Taika, because (laughs) we already know and love HBO Max. This one is a little bit hairy, because from what I've seen, the show will be weekly on Paramount+, Plus, but then also air periodically on CBS. So, we'll see about that, but... This just solidified that I guess I also have to get Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is literally in your wildest dreams. Like, what could Paramount Plus do to get you to download it? And it's gave John Mayer That's a talk this. show. Especially because yeah. we have been missing Current Mood for months. Months yes. and months. So it's like, there's really been a drought and... You know, he's on TikTok. His TikToks can only take me so far. And even there, he's been a little MIA. Yes. So, yeah. It was shocking news in the best way, really. Yeah, I can't wait. Maybe he'll he'll even have Taylor Swift on as a guest. I would absolutely pass out. And I would be really (laughs) happy. Because I really think... I really think that it should be water under the bridge with those two. Um, he's grown up a lot. He is sober now. Oh, yeah. It would just be like a 10-minute apology to Taylor, I think. Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely love to see that. Wow. Then she would be like, I'm doing fine. I'm on some new shit, you know? <laughs> oh, I wish they could like do a duet of some of her Folklore Evermore songs or mm, something. Sounds amazing. Whew. Okay, we're. I'm getting caught up in that daydream right now. <laughs> I gotta move on because that. Back to just... real life. Wow. Okay. Some news that broke today that Taylor and I talked a little bit about already because it was very surprising but exciting is that Alexander Skarsgård is going to be playing um, a new character in Succession season three. And it says he'll be playing a successful confrontational tech founder and CEO. And I honestly, like, I I like Alex, Alexander Skarsgård. I'm not, like, a super fan or anything. He usually plays very scary characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like uh, it's fun to add, like, a pretty big name to the cast. Yeah, because when I started watching Succession... Although now I see them, I'm like, oh, yeah, these are, like, big-time people. Like, I didn't even really recognize, like, anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my first introduction into uh, most of the characters. Because, I like, I didn't even put together that Tom was the same, was Mr. Darcy. Like, that's how, like, separated those 
characters are for me. So yes, it'll be interesting like going into it with someone I do know and like is a pretty like high level, highly known person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, I know I'd seen at least one movie with uh, Brian Cox, Logan, you know, like, cause just cause he's like been around, but like, mm-hmm. did I know what his name was? No. And um, now all these people are really important to me, you know? Oh, I knew Alan Ruck, Connor, but like anyone else in the show, like all the characters you see the most were strangers to me practically. So yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll well, I mean, it's kind of like Holly Hunter in season two. It's like, oh, fun having this like other actor. I think that's a good point. I liked having Holly Hunter. I was trying to think of an example one and I couldn't think of anyone, but yeah, you're right. Holly Hunter is a perfect example of someone they brought in that like that. So that makes me even more excited. It'll be I think it'll be fun, especially because he Alexander Skarsgard is just like so intense and so it'll just be really interesting yeah i'm very excited any succession news is welcome news yes something else that i just barely saw before we started recording um that i think is exciting is that elizabeth olsen is going to be playing a Texas housewife who murdered her friend from church and it's a real life uh, story that happened in the 80s and it's called Love and Death and it's an um, HBO Max series and it's uh, executive produced by Nicole Kidman and David E. Kelly Um, same people who did Big Little Lies and uh, The Undoing so I'm already a yes for that. Seriously. I haven't heard anything about that. That's exciting. I know. And <sighs> just excited to see. I mean, we've already kind of gotten a glimpse of seeing Elizabeth Olsen as a um, 80s murdering housewife. So this is kind of right <laughs> up her alley already. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, wow. That's amazing. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just excited. I mean... She's set for life with the Marvel stuff, which, like, I'm so happy for her. But it's, like, I also do like seeing all these talented actors get to do stuff outside of typical franchise stuff, too. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Wow. More HBO Max news, but they're really crushing it with their exciting-sounding content. Um, I saw a trailer today for this show that's coming out. Um, starting May 13th. It's called Hacks. Have you heard anything about this show? Yes. Um, it looks very good. So it's starring Jean Smart, who most recently saw her in Watchmen. And I recently remembered that she's also the matriarch of the family in Fargo season two. Um, oh. Totally forgot about that. Um, But she rules. We know this. And she's playing like... um. From the trailer that dropped today, it's it's like she is playing um, a former comic who then found a career in, like, QVC, Home Shopping Network stuff, but now has, like, a Vegas stand-up show. And um, she, like, her people kind of force her to hire, like, this young um, 20-something female comic to, like, help her with her act or something. 
Um, that's the gist that I got from the trailer, but it looked very good and also very exciting because um, one of our favorite people from Broad City who plays uh, Trey. Good job. Trey. So Paul W. Downs is his actual name, but you probably would recognize him best as Trey from Broad City. And he is like co-writing in this show and he's starring in the show and seeing him, I was like, wow, okay, then I'm definitely hooked and I'm definitely going to watch out for this show. It looks really good. My last piece of news is that Bo Burnham announced that he made a new special alone in by himself and it's uh going to be on Netflix um I don't think there's a date yet because he says like it's almost finished but um I'm excited about it I need to like go back and watch some Bo Burnham stuff because I've really only watched him watched eighth grade and then like Promise a Young Woman so I need to go back into like his like comedy stuff and Mm -hmm. but I'm excited. Yeah. Um. As it's so funny that you said that because I was literally thinking that too. Where it's like, I mean, I knew who he was before eighth grade as like a YouTuber, you know, mm-hmm. watching his his comedy stuff from back in the day and his like songs and he was on Vine and it was really funny. And so it's like, I've almost forgotten him as that identity, and now he's like kind of a like prestige film guy. <laughs> So yeah, it's very wild. It's very, very wild. And like kudos to anyone that can reinvent themselves so successfully like that. Um, totally. But yeah, it, very excited. He is just someone that it's like when he's old, people are going to look back and be like, what a fascinating career. Yes. Yeah. Love it. All right. For this week's top three, uh, we thought... We've we would share what we've been watching on our for extracurricular activities, <laughs> um, non podcast related, just for fun, and um, I'm excited to hear what Jordans are, and there probably might be some overlap. We'll see. But Jordan, what's something that you've been watching recently? One thing is. I went back and I was doing a rewatch of Arrested Development because R.I.P. Jessica Walter. And um, obviously it was a great, great time. Um, I just think seasons one and two are like perfect. Three is still really good, but it's just hard because it was getting canceled and stuff. And I even started season four on the new Netflix one because I, I really didn't like it when it first dropped. Um, but I've never seen like their re edited version, like their quote remixed version. Um, oh yeah. And it's interesting. Cause that's the only version you can watch on Netflix now. They're oh, you can't one. even watch the original. I didn't see it anywhere. It was very confusing, especially side note, because I was trying to look someone up on IMDb, but IMDb still has the original ones. Like all the titles of episodes are even different now. So it was very confusing. Um, and I still didn't really like it. <laughs> um, I really thought you were setting us up for like a, and it changed my life. I loved it. No, I honestly, I really wish it did. It's just like, it's just like not that funny and it feels chaotic in a bad way. And 
But it's okay. They were never going to be able to recreate how good the early ones, the original ones were, you know? And I still love everyone Mm -hmm. there. But yeah, I was just kind of like, this is, I'm not enjoying this still, but whatever. But anyway, (laughs) it's still really, really, like, just still one of the most, a show that'll go down in history, you know? So truly still been so fun to rewatch. Well, my number three is also Arrested Development. I knew that you'd been watching it, so I figured we might might overlap here yeah um I I don't remember why but there was something last week where I needed to like have a show on but I didn't want to have to like pay that close of attention to it and like I was just in the mood to like watch something really light and I literally just like pressed play wherever I don't even know like why it was on these episodes but it was on um the julia louis dreyfus uh character (laughs) being pregnant episode (laughs) and like i watched a couple episodes around there and it just it really is such a great show and i still have never watched the fourth season so you really sold it to me (laughs) i'm just but i I also hate i hate leaving things unfinished even if they're bad so i'll probably Mm -hmm. finish it eventually but yeah, I mean, I even though I wasn't really liking it, it's also, I barely remember most of the plot points, too. So I was like, I almost wished I remembered the original cut better to really compare, you know? So it was, yeah. it's still an interesting experience. So I might continue it as well, like, on those times, like you're saying, when it's like, well, I don't want to, like, start a serious show right the second or whatever. You kind of just need, you kind of had to have a show that you could just pick up wherever, like if you're just sitting down for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So who knows? And I mean, I've heard that season five was an improvement over four. So I'm definitely curious. So yeah, I think you should, I think you should watch four. Okay. Good. Good to know. The completionist in you needs to, you know? Yes, exactly. Like I even still feel extremely guilty for not still watching Grey's Anatomy but I just couldn't Mm. do it anymore but I still make my friends who do watch it send me updates every time I see something in the news I'm like wait what happened tell me what's (laughs) going on with this person (sighs) and I'll probably watch the series finale if it ever happens you know that's just who I am yeah some I mean sometimes well it's kind of like um I was recently talking about this with someone the, I watched the Friends finale live, but I hadn't, like, I was in middle school. Like, I wasn't, like, watching Friends regularly or anything. But it's, like, I think our family, like, watched the finale because it was, like, this historical moment. And so... Yeah, totally. Grey's is so long-running. I'll probably watch the finale, too. Just, like, gotta do it. Yeah, and it'll feel like I closed that chapter and it'll be easier for me to forget that I... <laughs> missed half the seasons <laughs> yeah it won't keep you up at night anymore um the uh, second thing i've been watching is um my roommate and i have been obsessed with this new season of the circle on netflix um i i love the circle i'm so entertained by it and um the first season was fun because like they were all like besties and um were like little cutie pies. And this season is fun because they're totally leaning into like 
um, alliances kind of strategic gameplay. And the I think that the show itself has improved because they um, they like push the action along better through like different little challenges or little twists that I think are better than the things they had in the first season. So that's really fun to watch. So yeah, the finale is this week. Very, very excited to watch it. I'm excited because my favorite person on his name is Courtney and we would have been we would have loved him anyway because he's really funny and he's by far the best at playing the game but also he is a Swifty and has frequently referenced Taylor Swift in different parts and has a reputation tour t-shirt so we love him (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah Um, definitely team Courtney hope he wins but there's actually a lot of people that I do like that I won't be mad if they win so it's been it's been just like really really fun goofy show to pass the time love it yeah I watched the first episode I need to finish I need to catch up um I don't think I've met Courtney yet so I'm very excited to meet him love him Okay, my number two is I've been trying to like I I had uh, goals to watch all of the other Oscar movies that were kind of nominated in like other categories besides the main um, film category. But um, I really only got like one movie done, but that movie was Pieces of a Woman on Netflix and I really liked it it was very 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 hard to watch the first 30 minutes are extremely hard to watch um but Vanessa Kirby is just like amazing and I love her and yeah so if you if you're needing something that's like a little bit more dark and sad (laughs) to watch there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know that's totally um, one of those things where I, I like look at the poster and I look at the summary and I'm like that is that's a Taylor kind of movie <laughs> <laughs> I am honored um and I was also going to say that uh I feel like Jordan and I have both been watching kind of a lot of random movies and I think that we're also very entertaining on Letterboxd if you have Letterbox, you should follow us slash let us follow you because we're obsessed and we only have like three friends on there. Yeah. And I agree. We are entertaining. Um, I know. We I have agree. fun. I have fun. I get no likes on a single review. Do I care? No. Because, wow, <laughs> I love myself. <laughs> and I love movies. <laughs> yeah, we so, love yeah. it over there. If that's We're our best not selves a, over there. If that's not an endorsement of the of to follow us, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't need your likes. Just to make it clear. No, you could even just look at it and not follow or like anything, and I would I would <laughs> never even know, and I would still be happy. <laughs> We'd still be having fun over there. Yeah, truly. It actually it's like one of those things where it's like, um, just pure freedom. I mean, you know, I feel like that on all social media, technically, but when you don't really, there's zero risk. I don't, I, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's just like, yes, it's just total freedom. And there's not really any social media that is like that anymore. 
Because if I got zero likes on an Instagram post, I would still be sad. Even though I post for myself, but I would still be like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, not a single person? Like, is, I I was is Instagram funny? down or something? Like, am I dead? What? That has happened to me before, and it was traumatizing. What? Was Instagram literally down? Yes. I had a post <sighs> that literally, I think it got like two likes, and it was up for like hours and hours oh and this was when gosh. like instagram was at its hype so like i would get at least over 100 every time and wow. i was just like so confused you're like wow i didn't know this was the worst post in the universe mm-hmm. i don't even remember which post it was so that goes to show that it really didn't matter to me but i think i ended yeah. up delete i don't know actually hmm. it's one of those that. things we're seriously like I really I genuinely don't care, but yeah, I would care if it if I got two likes <laughs> after a <Yes>. day, <laughs> I would be offended. <laughs> My final <laughs> extracurricular is I finally watched season one of Ted Lasso. Woohoo! Yeah, it's I mean it's just one of the things where it's like I knew it would be as good as everyone says because literally everyone likes it. There's not a but soul you know who I was actually really worried. Like it. I was like. I don't know if this might be overhyped for Jordan. I was genuinely yeah. a little worried. So I'm glad that you liked it as much as everyone. Totally. I, yeah, I get that. Um, especially if I have been telling people something's good, then I'm like, okay, well now like you've reached your quota of praise, like just watch it or now you're going to hate it or something. No, I didn't, I didn't feel like that at all. I thought it was extremely enjoyable and you're just like there would just be some episodes where I would just be like smiling. I'd be like, "Wow, the world is such a great place to be." Like, <laughs> um, I like even though I was telling Taylor this, I was like, "It doesn't bother me at all." That like, yeah, is it predictable? Yes. Is that a bad thing? Not at all. Um, everyone no. in it is funny. All the characters are great. Um. You want good things to happen to all these characters and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And it's all happy and just really the definition of a feel good show. Totally. And even though it's like pretty predictable, it's still like really clever and the characters are so fun and lovable that it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just like a love, a step, a, a step above like a filler, like arrested development type of show. I think, well, when I was actually telling you that I finally started it, you compared it to Schitt's Creek, which I thought was a perfect comparison. That is a show where even if, like, you're not obsessed with Schitt's Creek, I've never heard someone who doesn't like it, you know? And it's just, like, makes you happy and, like, makes you optimistic about people, you know? But it's still, like, very funny and has sarcasm to it, so it's not, like, completely cheesy all the time. It's just, I, I thought it was really fun and really great, and I'm very excited for season two. I'm very excited that now we get to discuss season two. Yeah. Okay, well, my number one extra extracurricular that's been taking up all my time is I finally started watching Billions. And by finally, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't really know why, but, like, a handful of people had been asking me to watch it and someone I work with asked me if I'd seen it and I was just like you know what I'm gonna do it I 
am like desperate for succession and because I've already rewatched that in the last year I was I had like previously been calling billions like the poor man's succession (laughs) (laughs) even though I have never seen it and you know what it's great and I'm obsessed with it and I really like it and I know a lot about trading stocks now and wow um I also hate the stock market now and (laughs) also the criminal justice system and a lot of things but I'm having fun and truly kind of obsessed so love it well you know a show is good when like you can't stop watching it exactly and I feel like it's been a while since I've had that yeah, I love especially that. because like everything we watch is usually like one season. So mm-hmm. it's that f- is a fun thing about going back and watching a show that's been on for a while. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. if I love this, I have like a whole bunch of episodes. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. It's on. Um, It is a Showtime show, but it's on Amazon currently. So, yeah, love it. Join me. <laughs> On my journey. (laughs) On to our main event documentary week. The college college admission scandal Varsity Blues is a Netflix original documentary. Jordan, do you want to give a brief synopsis as if the title doesn't really say enough? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's a documentary going through all of the phone calls, basically, arranging for all of parents getting their students to cheat the system and get into all these schools. The most famous one were the Lori Laughlin and um, Felicity Huffman kids. It's that scandal, that If you've never heard of that, basically, like, I don't even need to sum up that whole thing. This documentary is specifically kind of explaining actually how that happened, like how they were able to cheat the system. And they're doing that through reenactments of these phone calls between the guy who basically started and did it all, Rick Springer, Rick Singer. Mm hmm. And I think what I had heard most about this documentary is that it is a documentary, but they are reenacting all these phone calls as though it's a film. So, yeah, that is one of my worst, most convoluted descriptions maybe ever. But (laughs) that's what I have to say about it. (laughs) Um, I thought it was great. And everything you said was true. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I... Was excited to watch it because I feel like I was, like, pretty into the college admission scandal. But clearly I wasn't into it enough because I literally had no idea that, like, I didn't ever even hear about this Rick Rick guy. So, like, that was fascinating and brought a lot of insight into the scandal. Um, and I also thought that the acting out the phone tapped conversations was a really interesting and like cool idea it kind of reminded me of another netflix documentary called american family but they kind of just like showed all of like the emails and 
like text messages that kind of went through and like used that as as the uh narration so it's kind of like she was narrating her own murder which i thought was really interesting mm-hmm. so i thought that i really liked this idea of like having them act out their phone tapped conversations um i just think that wow college admissions are boring <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I learned I just like even though they were trying to make it as entertaining as possible with like the reenactments it was just so boring like I just I I guess I just have like zero interest in like rich 18 year old trying to pretend like they play sports and don't like the most interesting parts to me were like the Olivia Jade like YouTube videos and like that story which took up about like three minutes of like the whole movie so mm-hmm. I like kept like falling asleep what yeah. did you think I I don't know if I mean I totally get what you're saying about it being boring I I think I was grateful that they did the reenactments because I could not there's no way I could have focused if they were like just kind of reading transcripts of a phone call so I'm with you that that was like the way to do it. Act out the actual, all the phone calls and stuff. Um, I think especially because it would highlight like the dumb things that they would say on the phone. Like, are you an idiot? Why would you actually say that? I <laughs> felt like going into this documentary, I had heard that the acting was like amazing. And I felt like it was good. It was fine. But I wasn't like blown away by these reenactments, you know? So I was kind of disappointed yeah. That that had maybe, if I had just gone in almost blindly, then maybe I would have been, like, much more impressed. Um, but overall, I think I think it was worth a watch, but I didn't, I wasn't, like, as blown away by it as I was kind of hoping I would be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that this, I think this was probably as effective as it could have been. Because, yeah, if, if like, this was boring... Then, yeah, just, like, showing the scripts of the phone calls on the screen, like, they have done maybe in other documentaries where there's a lot of incriminating phone calls, it would have just been, like, no way to get through it. hmm Yeah. <laughs> one of my notes that I have is uh, apparently one of the one of the parents that used Rick's services to get their child into school, they're from, like, the Hot Pockets family. Yeah, and so one of my uh, one of my notes is a quote that I made up that says, "My mother, the creator of Hot Pockets, would not be too pleased with this." One of my favorite um, parts was the most savage part was when they show the clips of the kids who didn't get in to all these schools, and they're like, and there's this one girl who's like, "I just guess that it's like, wow, the people, the kids that got in must just be like really deserving and." really good and smart and better than me and then the next thing they show is an olivia jade youtube video (laughs) of her like putting on her lashes and that was so savage without any narration or anything at all it was really good and it was really sad seeing those kids that didn't get in i just think it's one of those great things where you watch it and you're like ready to be just mad at like the world because Here's more proof that, like, these rich people suck. 
And like just that college, like all these top schools, it's all bogus anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's so much money. And really, when it comes down to it, the schools don't even care that this kind of stuff happens. So it's just really disheartening. <laughs> yeah. And um, for me, one of the most disheartening things was that, is that, well, I guess he didn't get off, get off like scotch free, but um, because Rick is helping with the investigation and like cooperating, like he probably won't even get that much time mm-hmm. and like have to deal with like that many consequences. Whereas like the whole, he's the reason it all even happens. I thought yes. that that was a really interesting thing that I kind of, they talked about it a little bit, but I kind of wish they would have talked about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, watching this and watching Billions and then also the other documentary I watched, Time, on uh, Amazon, I didn't even, like, mean to watch all of them to get, like, I didn't know any of them would be tied together, but they all kind of deal with the criminal justice system, and wow, I was just mad about the criminal justice system all weekend long. Oh, gosh. And because uh, Time is a documentary on Amazon, like I've said, 500 times. <laughs> and it is um, about a family who uh, the mother and father both uh, were sentenced to prison after a attempted robbery of a, of a bank. And they're black. And the father was in prison for over 20 years and it just made me so furious that like these people who are like stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars get like two weeks in prison Mm -hmm. where like this guy was like robbing a bank to like save his um life his uh his company that he had like he had started like a clothing store in Louisiana and like they needed money. And like, I don't, I don't even know like how much they were trying to rob or anything, but I doubt it was even that much money and was in prison for over 20 years. And it's just really, I really liked this documentary and thought that it definitely deserved to be nominated for, for the Oscars. Like it was the wife, her name is Fox rich and she um has been like making these home videos and like kind of documented her life as a basically a single mom raising six children while her husband was in prison oh my gosh and so that was really interesting and like eye-opening to like see her and towards the end they started filming her while she was like trying to work to get him out yeah it was just it was really eye-opening and really good and i cried a lot in the end so i recommend it wow um what year did he go to prison like i guess well i guess (laughs) i guess (laughs) did he like get out recently because then i guess we can do the math if he was in for 20 years well and he was actually sentenced to 60 years (gasps) um gosh but yeah i don't know the exact years that he went in and came out I can't remember that. 
That is 20 years of someone's life, though. Yeah, and his name is Robrich. Wow. It's honestly insane. He had They had a, um, twin boys who were born while, like, right after he went in. Because she served her sentence and then, I think, came home and then he ser- started serving his. Anyway, their twins were born, like, right after he went in. And so they, like, grew up and, like, were over 18 and never even knew what it was like to have a father in their home. Which wow. is really sad. It is really sad. <sighs> wow. How was your other documentary? Well, it wasn't as... Well, you know, it's still a depressing thing. It'll, it's still the kind really? of subject that'll make you mad. Yes. Um, I watched Hysterical on Hulu. And it's all about female comedians. Stand-up comedians, specifically. And um, so I thought just, like, the title was really a pretty brilliant title because hysterical is how women are, like, highly emotional women are often described, but it also can mean funny. And, wow, mm-hmm. great title. Um, brilliant. So it's it's on Hulu. It's done by FX, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. And um, basically, um, they interview tons and tons and tons of female comedians some of whom I've never heard of and other ones I have, like the ones I had heard of before the documentary were Margaret Cho, Sherry Shepard, um, Eliza Schlesinger, Nikki Glaser, Kathy Griffin. They talked to Fortune Feimster. So like people like there's a wide variety, which was fun of like kind of like legends that have been around for decades and other ones that are like up and coming that are really popular or that are kind of indie stand-up comedians it's basically like i don't it's one of those documentaries where i don't even think there's a narrator they just it's all just told from like these interviews um and so they go through these female comics of their experiences of like trying to make it as comedians and what their lives are like when they're traveling or like their very first stand-up experiences which was super fascinating um and it talks to a lot of them about like what were your childhoods like? Like, what made you want to do this? And almost every single one is like, well, like, this was my coping mechanism for trauma. And, like, mm-hmm. I was a very, like, they think, they're like, a common thread was, like, everyone kind of thinks I was, like, the class clown in school. And I don't think there was a single one that they interviewed that said that they were. They were, like, I was very, very shy and quiet. And kind of, like, overcoming like the cir- just kind of like the circumstances in their homes or schools of being like being unique but like trying to fight against but also conform with social norms of being a woman in general um and so that was really interesting seeing like the roads they took to becoming stand-up comedians I really liked and um they also went through the like kind of a history of like the first female stand-up comedians which was really cool because like before Joan Rivers she's probably like the most one of the first female stand-up comedians mm-hmm. I ever heard of and so that yeah, was same. really fun seeing like footage from um stand-up comedians even like um like some of the first black female comedians and mm-hmm. like kind of what they had to do to become like, to be seen as acceptable in comedy, but still, like, being a woman. 
And it's it's interesting too because this was only, this was like about an hour and a half long, and I feel like I this is one of the rare times in a documentary when I'm like I actually would have liked this to be like at least a two parter maybe, because mm-hmm. then, like, it could go it could it was a little surface level, but I I liked everything that was on the surface you know, but I feel like I would have liked to go even deeper into kind of the history of women doing stand up comedy. Um, yeah. especially cause my only reference point is really like Mrs. Maisel <laughs> and I kind of want to see like the, like, I mean, we've gone into it before, but Mrs. Maisel, it's like she, they show some of the, her struggle being a woman in comedy, but she basically has a lot of things come easy. Yeah. And I like hearing these women, like actual footage of actual female standup comedians in like the fifties or earlier where like. It's hard for women in comedy now to have any respect. And so, like, the hoops they would have to jump through to be, like, allowed to do this as a profession is so interesting to me. Um, And then the really frustrating parts come in when they show all these clips of male comedians talking about, like, why women aren't funny. Well, they can't say why. There's just this, like, inherent fact that women aren't funny and Mm -hmm. stand-up comedy just isn't for women and like all this stuff and like seeing their reactions to things like that especially i it's just like there's something special about seeing these different generations of female comics because you see the women who like kind of came up in the 70s and the 80s and i think that there's this camaraderie between the new and the older because like a lot of these older ones like they had to pay so many dues to pave the way for new female comedians to come up and like be big names and stuff. And so it was pretty cool because by the end they like, they also bring up me too because they interview one of the the comedians they talk to a lot is this woman who, and I think I had heard something about this, but I didn't know who she was. Um, She's a female comic. She was the one who Harvey Weinstein came into her, the club where she was doing a set. And oh, yes. I've seen this yes. video. And she was like, I feel like I have to say something. Like, I'm a comedian. We, like, address the things that are in the audience or, like, the elephant in the room. And other people were like, don't do it. Like, don't say anything. And then she did. She's a rape victim herself, a survivor. And so she, like works it into her act and people are yelling and booing and like yelling shut up at her and she's like just kind of stands her ground like other more established comedians are like I could never have done what she did but I felt really empowered and brave after seeing this like kind of a nobody Mm -hmm. like be willing to say these things to this huge powerful man so anyway it was really really interesting like she could have lost so many gigs and whatnot Mm -hmm. from doing that seriously so yeah it's one of those documentaries where it's like I I really enjoyed it I definitely they could have gone a lot deeper into different parts but at the same time I also like a documentary I can just sit down and watch in one part but yeah I liked it okay I'll add it to the list Mm mm-hmm um Okay, well, who's your crush of the week? Well, my crush, and I definitely already texted Taylor about 
some of my feelings about the tes- the cast of Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going with my my crush is someone I'd never seen in anything before until I watched Ted Lasso. Um, it's Brett Goldstein who plays Roy Kent in Ted Lasso, who is like um, the cranky uh, captain of the soccer <laughs> team. Um, he's I gave I actually gave Taylor uh, Mary do kill question, which pretty hard but pretty clear answers in my opinion. And <laughs> I couldn't remember his name, so I described him as like the grumpy hairy guy. <laughs> <laughs> um and that's definitely a very accurate description but i there's just something about i i i mean how can you not love the characters in a show that are like these cranky guys but like they actually have a heart of gold you know like it's like a very danny Mm -hmm. castellano situation especially there so um yeah loved it and i loved like kind of where we leave off with like the love triangle in the show and I just had a big crush on him. I loved him. Great answer. I'm glad you loved him because I also when I watched when I watched it, I was like, I think I love him. Yeah, it's like so ooh, glad that's confirmed. This, what is this feeling? I'm really happy to see him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, my crush of the week is from Billions and it's Maggie Siff. Um, the minute I saw her on screen, I was like, wait, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? And she plays Rachel Rachel Mankin in mm-hmm. Mad Men. And she is just like the best character. One of the best characters I feel like I've seen in a really long time. Um, and just like really good at being like wait is she good is she bad and she plays like the performance coach of uh the hedge fund um which is just like a fascinating uh occupation that I hadn't even really thought about and really like would like to know more and she's just kind of like a badass and yeah, I really like her, and if she turns bad, don't tell me I'm only in the middle of season two. <laughs> this is like when people are watching Game of Thrones, and it's like, I was actually, this when I was re-watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, there's this part where someone's like, I just started Game of Thrones, don't, and they're like, don't get used to, and he gets, there's someone else that gets mad at her, and he's like, don't get too used to Rob Stark. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, like, such old news, but, like, you don't know. Um, My question is, what is Billions actually about? <laughs> well, Jordan, let me tell you. Um, It's about a hedge fund, Axe Capital, and the owner of that hedge fund, um, his name is Axe. And, Not Paul Giamatti? Uh, no, that is Damien Lewis. Oh. Um, his name is Bobby Axelrod. Okay. Um, and um, Paul Giamatti is playing um an a uh, AG of like some part of New York, so like a district attorney attorney. And so 
Paul Giamatti's character is like always going after um, Damian Lewis's character and like their hedge fund for like illegal trading practices and activities. And another fun person who's in it is Gail from Breaking Bad. And when I first started watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, baby Gail. Like, I'm so excited. He's not, he's a, he's a bad dude in <laughs> this show. So it's really funny. Can, I need to confess, I don't even know who Gail is. Oh. Gail is um, the sweet little scientist that they like used oh, and murdered. He's so nice. He's on Flight of the Concords. Oh, really? He's married to Kristen Schaal. Yes. I wow. 100% forgot he was in Breaking Bad. I love that guy. Circle. I know. Wow. So he's like kind of like pulling a Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Wow. Um, there's also kind of a uh, quite a bit of a, an overlap with uh, the Americans, which I'm not sure why, but hmm. that's also been kind of fun. That is fun. Um. But yeah, it's there's a lot of like cameos and people who like had I watched this like while it was airing probably wouldn't know who they are but know who they are now. There's even actually some succession overlap as well. So, love it. Well, you should watch it. Those actors that like look like they're business people, you know? Yes. That's mm-hmm. their their thing. I love mm-hmm. to see that. I love it's just so funny when you think about how these like this person's probably never worked in an office. <laughs> <laughs> well, another person. Sorry, I will stop talking about billions. No, I, but... I, I actually think it's fun when we talk about our like extracurricular <laughs> projects. <laughs> it's true because it's rare that I get to like obsess like this. Yeah. Um, but also Paris Geller. Is that her name from Gilmore Girls? Yes. Um, the guy, like her boyfriend, when she's in college, he plays like another hedge fund manager that's like competing, the, and it's really weird because that, that what guy, is his name? like Doyle, yes, the guy yes, who's yes, also yes, yes. in Mad Men. Wow. Yes. Fun. Oh, and there. Okay, there also recently was another really fun, um, Mad Men crossover, but now of course I can't remember his name, so still fun though um also like rachel on mad men maggie sif i was thinking too i was like wow she was like one of in my opinion like the top two girls don actually should have actually been with yes because she was like she was in on in on it yeah and also just like smart and had it together yeah and like she like loved him but like also gave it to him straight you know yeah and she also kind of like knew that he was in love with her and she kind of had the upper hand which i think is pretty rare and like he kind of needed that in Mm -hmm. an actual relationship but never really had it (laughs) i know for long at least Wow. Also, do I need to do a Mad Men rewatch? I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Probably a good idea. Well, I feel like a lot of recommendations have come from this episode. So, you're welcome. And let us know if you watch any of the things we discussed. It was a lot, (laughs) but 
It's always fun to discuss the things we're just watching for fun and not homework, even though it's not really homework to watch TV. It's the best kind of homework. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.